Welcome back. Episode 109 of the Ranting Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rank. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside Nicholas Brett. And what a statement win versus LA. After two bad games, they bounced back in the garden. We're going to be discussing that and more. But first, just want to let you all know to go to insidetherink.com slash ESPN to subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch games and more. And yeah, let's get to it. And we are back. Brett, how's it going? Uh, well, really good. I'm really glad that... Uh, we're back, we're- apparently. We're back. The Rangers Schneid is two games uh, only, which is fantastic. But before we go into the Rangers, there's just something I want to rant about real quick off the top. Um, And that is in the Columbus, uh, uh, Florida game where uh, Nick Cousins, um, the absolute garbage human being, Nick Cousins, uh, tried to murder uh, Gabranson for the uh, for the Jackets. Uh, did you see this, by the way? Are you familiar with this? I heard about it. I didn't see the highlight yet, no. Okay, well, it's really bad. First off, like, Cousins already had, like, the puck was behind, going behind the net. Branson was chasing it. Um, and Cousins had the edge on him already. He could have just taken the puck and edged him out. But instead, he decided, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw a high hit on a vulnerable guy to the head and put his head into the boards. Um, and... Branson went down and then he got up and started fighting him. And then Cousins kind of shirked away. Later on in the game, Branson had Cousins lined up and was like, no, we're doing this now. So he kind of slew fits him down to the ice. And then he's down on the ground and Nick and Cousins goes into turtle position like a coward. And Branson is just nailing him with blows. Um, now, here's what I want to say about it. There are some people that are saying Branson, that's that's so bad of him. He shouldn't do that. Blah, blah, blah. First off, I have to call bullshit on that. And I understand how it looks when a guy does it to somebody, even in retaliation, you go, I don't like that. I get that. A lot of people are sensitive to, to violence for a number of reasons, and they just don't like seeing that. I do get that. But here's something you do have to understand. I don't know how many of the listeners here played hockey or played a competitive sport where somebody does something really dangerous to you, and then it doesn't really get, they don't get, you don't get justice for it. The, the level of rage that you end up feeling and uh, that boils up inside of you is something that is like not easily contained. So I get it completely. I had a I had a similar play happen to me actually a number of years ago when I was chasing a puck down in the corner, I was playing defense, chasing a puck down in the corner. Guy was right on my tail. I get to the puck first and the guy cross checks me into the back. Now, luckily I was I thought he might do it. So I braced myself. So I went in kind of like knee and arm first. But if I went in head first, I mean, literally people have been paralyzed that way. People have died that way. Like it's that dangerous of a play. And when I got up, I grabbed the guy's face mask and I literally was trying to rip his head off. Like in my body, in my mind, all I was thinking was that I'm going to rip this guy's head right off of his neck right now. Um, funny enough, my combat style. It, it really was. I mean, but that's the rage that I felt. And the funny part is just as I got this guy's face mask, I'm shaking his head around just just like a this like a marionette puppet. Just just did you both get I, I kicked out? Well, here's the funny thing. I looked to my left. My dad is actually on my team. This is the last year my dad ever played hockey. My dad is bombing down the ice. He grabs him by the collar and he's shaking him. So we both have a hold of him. We're just like twisting this guy up. My dad's like, You fucking idiot, you can kill somebody. What the fuck do you think you're doing? It was like really touching. It's rare where you get a moment 
where your dad does something violent, but it's also really touching because I, I I could hear in his voice that he was so concerned for me and he was defending me, but I was also, so yeah, we all got kicked out of the game. Uh, uh, and then my brothers hopped the boards because they thought it was going to be a brawl as well. Half the bench and thought it was going to be a brawl. So we, all four of us got kicked out of the game. This is like the first period too. Uh, and I remember as we were driving. Well, home, none of this would have happened if the refs just made the call right away. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and uh, I remember driving home and my dad just was like, uh, we don't tell mom about this game. <laughs> we don't tell that all four of us got kicked out of it. Um, but anyway, the, the point being that. I'm trying to think it, if I ever got kicked out of a game. Oh, I, obviously, so, as a goalie, someone touches me. My whole team's on them. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. I think as a player, have I ever. Um, I did once. I, when was it? It was a long time ago. Basically, so someone kept on like you know those people that just try to slash you like under the radar where the refs when the refs not looking like yeah. over and over and over and over again. And then like it was a third period. I'm like, all right, screw this. And I I, I slash him once back. And then of, of course though here's the problem. Of course that's when the refs looking. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, screw this. I'm like, all right, like I slashed him, I'll go. But if this is this is ridiculous, like I, I I've been getting slashed all game, but yeah, no, fine, absolutely, fine, absolutely. Fine. And yeah, no, I've, I've been kicked out of a, so many games that it's never. I'm never the instigator. I'm always the retaliator because if if the ref doesn't, here's and here's the point. I'll wrap this up here. The point is, if the ref, and in this case, it was the ref and the league, because the league reviewed it and said, oh well, he saw it coming, so it's only two minutes. Bullshit, bullshit rules, stupid rule. Um, but the point is, if the refs don't police the game properly, the players have to police the game. And that's when things get nasty and that's when things get violent. But I really don't believe you can hold uh, uh, the players accountable when they get hit in a, such a dangerous way like that for retaliating. You, I, I just I know personally that when that happens, I'm not me anymore. I'm not the person that's like, hey, we can talk this out. This is a human being here. I'm like, I'm going to kill that person. Uh, and that's why you need to have refs. That's why you need to penalize these things properly. So if you think that Branson did something wrong, I really don't think he did. The refs and the league let him down. And so he went after and got his own justice. And then the other part of that is that if Cousins hadn't been a little coward, it wouldn't have looked so bad because he immediately went into turtle position. Like, nope, I'm not going to fight you. I'm just going to sit here and take these blows. It's just garbage hockey, and uh, and I hope nothing happens to Branson, but I'm sure he'll probably get a couple games, and, and maybe the maybe the league will throw a couple of cousins too. I don't know, but anyway, I just wanted to start off at the top. Okay, yeah, that. I just saw the uh, the hit. Yeah, terrible hit, terrible hit. How is this not? How is he not kicked out of the game? They said because Branson saw it coming at the last second that he had a chance to avoid it. Oh so, God, come on. I know, I know. That's why it's on the refs and it's on really on the league too for for that rule. That wording of that rule is stupid because just because you see something coming doesn't mean that you can avoid it either. I understand what that rule, what that wording is trying to lead to that you can't just like purposely leave yourself in a vulnerable position. Right, like you can't like turn right when he's hitting you. Like that's what, that's the, you know, that's, that that's, that would be a problem the, on the person that, that got hit. That's the spirit of it. But the league has decided in asinine fashion to decide that, no, we're going to, we're going to uh, uh, hold this to the exact letter of the, of the law of the wording here and, and, and let that be a two minute, that was a two minute penalty. So yeah, you think that happens to you that you're just going to play the rest of the, the game. You're going to, you're going to see Nick Cousins out there. Who's a, a garbage human being for a number of reasons and a garbage player. Anyway, you think you're just going to let him go and not do anything. No, absolutely not. I defy 
anybody to get hit like that and then not do that. That's like when it's like when like parents, you know, of, of like their children who've been murdered and then and they're in the court and they like go and try to attack the person. Like I'm like, good. I do the exact same thing. That's superhuman. And to me, that's the exact same thing as this here. Is it is when I'm not gonna just- be the one I like I honestly I'm gonna stay neutral in this because I understand the point where people say Cabranson was wrong, but I understand the point where I mean at some point you got to take your own justice on if the refs don't do their own jobs. Yeah. I, I'm kind of in that middle ground where, you know, I, I, I totally get both sides and I just, oh, yeah. I, I understand if you're uncomfortable by it or you don't like seeing that happen. I, all I'm trying to do is just supply some context to that, that when that happens to you uh, in a game, you're not really your same person. And I do not believe Cabranson's a bad guy for doing what he was, what he did at all. That's, that's something that happens when the refs don't police the game properly. Which actually is a good uh, – we could segue right into that. Like I'd, I'd argue like the last few punches is probably where it's like, all right, you went after him, fine. But like at the end there, I, I'd call that a little bit much. But I, I understand the initial. I'm not saying it was right. I'm not saying it was wrong, the initial, but, but I understand it. But it's but it's it, what I'm what I'm saying is though is that no 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 really, I, I get what you're saying. It's really easy as a as a passive person that's just watching a game to be like oh that's excessive. It's a lot different when you're there in person on the ice, your adrenaline's amped up, and somebody fucked you up like that. You want to get your revenge, especially when Cousins immediately went down into the turtle position. It's like yeah, you want to make sure you you get your licks in because you knew you're getting tossed anyway. So you want to get your money's worth, and the rage takes over. And I just think that some people don't understand what that actually feels like when you actually see red on the ice like that. Um, it's a totally different thing, but uh, transitioning over into tonight's game, uh, you know, the refs definitely tried to make their mark on the game. I, I still would Do we just... even know what Spanish ads misconduct was in the end. No, but what I it was like, All... one of the refs balled and like he saw Miko with that flow and, you know, got jealous and said, well, screw you to the box you go. What I assume, and the only thing I or, assume, or maybe it's your theory of you know when they're in New York, they're super cranky because of the traffic and the no. What I think it actually was was uh, they felt the game getting out of hand, and Zabanajad was probably complaining about the call. The ref probably said that's enough, and Zabanajad kept going, and he's like, "Fine, ten. And then he did the same thing to Fiala when Fiala complained. And I think that was the refs trying to exert some control and be like, look, I'll bench your best player. I don't care right now. You need you need to calm down. So uh, while there were some really suspect officiating uh, in this game, those calls, while they were hard to understand because we don't have the context, I didn't actually hate them because it felt like the refs were trying to keep the reins on the game because it was starting to get pretty chippy and pretty nasty. I mean, are, where are the people that are saying it was over, like, after the um, <laughs> the Ottawa game? Or, I'm sorry, the, the Capitol. The capital. Listen, it was horrendous games. I, I'm not I'm not arguing that. Um, I just think people have to put in perspective that they're out with their top nine and kind of they're both top six forwards. And Malakako has not been producing. He was defensively sound and... You know, even when you're defensively sound, it's going to translate to other players having some some offensive time. And oh, absolutely. Heedle, I mean, he was the second line center. Listen, Trocek has taken this and ran with it, but doesn't mean Heedle wasn't, you know, a big contribution beforehand. Like, he's still 
a tremendous loss, and we don't even know when he's going to be back. The Rangers probably don't even know because concussions are all over the place. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, this team is definitely beaten up. I think, you know, Chess. And by the way, I I've, I finally, um, if you remember the the in the beginning of the season, like, I'll let you know when I'm off the Wheeler train, like, give it a little bit. I, I am saying right now I'm off the Wheeler train. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to wait a little bit. And also the fact is I thought it'd be okay, a good placeholder, at least till the trade deadline. But the problem is with the injuries they've had, it's been more noticeable because obviously now you need that player, whoever would be in his position to perform because obviously the injured players that are not there, but because that, you know, it's been more noticeable and yeah, that's, I'm, I'm off of that train. So they, they gotta uh, they gotta figure something out with that because I also I can we at least try Mika and Kreider separated five v five like can, can we try that because what what always happens is is they don't do well five v five and then everyone says okay split them up and everyone's like well wait wait hold on let them get their rhythm then then they go on a streak for like five games everyone's like see there you go they're starting to go well five do well five v five. But then they come back to planet Earth because and then together for some reason, unless they had that third guy, whether it was Vitrano, Butchnevich, whatever it was, without that third guy, uh, third guy, that duo just isn't doing well five v five. It's it's been like this for years, and I I mean at least try it. If it doesn't work, you could always go back. You're on top of the league. You have some leeway. You have some space between you and the second place. Like now's the time to do it. Not in like. February or March time when you have to make sure to keep ahead of you know all the all the other teams right now is the best time so I I don't I don't I mean, know the why only, they haven't done that yeah I mean the only problem with that is that is that how do you actually rearrange it because I, I don't think you want to break up Lafayette Trocheck and Panera and so you're putting what Kreider on the third line but then who's Who's coming up? Well, I mean, well, we're, here's so, the thing. we're so thin right now on the wing right now. Oh, no, 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 100%. But here's the thing. Like, Lafreniere and Panarin have done well with both centers. I'm not arguing Trocek's production. He's been fantastic. But would you rather have three oh, – I'm not counting the fourth one right now. Three uh, – three, I'm sorry. Two okay lines and a one great line or three good lines, Right. Like I, I guess it just depends on what would you rather you want to you want to have like one top tier line, but then three like two like okay lines or three good I lines. I don't. We can't make three good lines right now. Or, or I, I guess now, I guess now with injuries, yeah. But I, but my point is basically like the conversation or the argument to keep that line. I don't think should be made because they have done well with Heedle. They did well, obviously, now with Trocheck. Oh yeah, no, I, I made that same point. I think like a month right. ago. And yeah, you yeah, want uh, your number one center to keep go to get going five v five. This is how he gets going five v five, putting one of the best wingers in the world and having a first overall pick with that player who's had incredible chemistry and has taken that next step. Right, um, but, if yeah. but if your but if your second line's playing really well, then does it really matter if your first line isn't? Because what happens then if you switch them up? And then the first line's doing well, but then the second line isn't doing very well. The, the problem is Kako's injury it, it, throws it, it, a huge wrench into this. It, it, it really does. Because it, it, I'd got, say putting Kreider, Trocek, Kako, I really think that line could do some serious damage. Right, right, exactly. But but the situation that we're in right now, what I'm saying is I think the best that you could rearrange the lines right now would be uh, by breaking up Mika and, and uh, Kreider would be like a lateral move. 
I don't think there's a way to rearrange them and make it actually better now. I did before Kako got hurt, before Hedl got hurt. To me, there was ways to to rearrange the lines that could be more interesting. But right now, the only thing I don't want to see, and this is my question. Why not you, try I, I know this sounds crazy. And I this is a not a not a knock on Johnny Hockey, who's overperformed, you know, in its own way, because he's a fourth line winger who's overperformed um in his stint well, here. Well, what is, is he a fourth line winger? I mean, technically speaking, why? I, there's a reason why he's always in the NHL. As much as he is the real Johnny Hockey, there is a reason why he's in the NHL. Uh, the AHL. Yeah, but he was like the leading goal scorer in the AHL. So that doesn't that translate well. He's not like a rookie where he's got to keep on growing. So that's like you know a different context. No, I but, know, but 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 he's played. Here is my question for you: Was that right now? He's a fourth liner, but could have those moments. Of greatness, or whatever you call like those clutch goals. Yeah, I, I get that. I don't. I don't know if he's fourth line. To me, to me, I think he he might be a third line guy. Honestly, that's fair. That's fair. But my question for you, and don't interrupt me this time. I swear to God, that's five times I've been trying to ask this question. <laughs> my question to you is: with his clutch goal tonight, and then with his four assists that he's had since coming up, do you think he will be able to? take Wheeler's spot on the first line like he had was his goal was his goal and performance tonight enough to say yeah Wheeler needs to get off the first line again and Broad goes back on the first line again do you think that happens? I think Wheeler should just be taken off by default whoever the hell's there no I, I get that too but that's not my question my question is do you think Brodzinski did enough tonight where La- Lobby's going to be like hey you know what actually go back to the first line Wheeler you're back down again I, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Wheeler. So, I mean, that's, I, that's I, not the question. That I, wasn't the well, question. It is. It's because it's by default. Do you, but do you think Brodzinski did? Yes, I think Brodzinski should be there instead of Wheeler. Not even should. My question is, will he? Do you think? And then, do you think next game? Oh, Brodzinski, oh, 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 oh. Um, Brodzinski will be up back up again in the first line. That's my question. Yes. Yeah. He. um Right, I think he did. But Laviolette put him on the power play. Yeah, like he showed he trusted him in that moment. So it it kind of shows. Okay, so if he's going to be willing to put him there at that point in time, I'm assuming he's going to do it again. He shows he trusts him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I think Brodzinski will be back on the top line again, which for right now is fine by me. But uh, it's just man, it is so killer with the injuries. It's. I mean, I'm not – I don't know what's going on with – I mean, look, he looked much better tonight, and I don't think I've ever seen this. I mean, like, Fox and Lindgren 5v5 this year for some reason has just been different than past years. Um, it's not like I think it's like it's not going to come together. It will. I mean, Fox is just too good. Yeah. Um, and Lindgren has weirdly had some bad moments, but honestly, it's like with those type of players – that you've watched for years, you know they're just gonna bounce back. They're too good. Um, it's the it's the players like Wheeler, right, who get too old, and there's nothing to show that they're going to get to that level yeah. they were before, right? Yeah. And I honestly like January cannot get here soon enough because I I I don't see a version of this where Hito comes back at least within a month. I mean, I'm not there, but it's just like it's taken such a slow time and concussions are such a 
um, tricky thing. It's just like January time or mid-January, and then's the time where you think, hey, maybe now you try to bring up Othman. Maybe you try. And like, here's the thing. It's not like Othman's going to come in and save the Rangers with his depth, but by when you lose a player, you don't screw up one line. You screw up two because whoever's the line below you has to bring their player right to replace him. So that makes that line, you know, not as good. You have to replace him, but then you have to place that guy spot on the bottom line also. So it, it's really messing up two lines. So when you have an Offman, you slot him in and the player, whoever's taking his spot is able to slide back down. So you essentially are able to fix two lines. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I think, and again, especially with where we are in the standings and how we've been playing, it makes sense to me to, you know, give him a shot or, or even, or even Berard. I don't, I don't care. Like, like we're, we're short on wingers right now. We're short on offense, you know, uh, and, and I get the team defense has been a little suspect lately, which is why exactly why you wouldn't want to bring up a kid. that's a good argument against doing it, but it does seem like the time just to do be a little bit more experimental. Um, it's just right now it, it's like, we've got, you know, like one and a half top lines and then it's AHL guys basically, you know, um, so it's it it is something that needs to be addressed. I'd be surprised if they don't address it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think we've I think we've done a lot about wanting uh, wanting to bring up Othman and take a look. Um, especially it's hard to address it because it's not like a a known timeline when Hedo would be back. I mean, we don't know anything regarding Kako um, unless something came out today because I wasn't looking at my phone today, but. Well, I, I bet we don't. I bet we don't see Kako till like March or April. It was such a weird way. I, I don't remember. I, I don't want anyone to quote me on this because I, I, I was just seeing what Laviolette said that he's not skating yet. Like, what does not skating yet mean? Like, I would think that, of course, well, obviously he's not skating yet. Like, so why would he even mention that unless it's something that you come around February time? I don't know. Maybe it's something I'm just looking too into. Um, I think maybe like into February time. I'm just trying to think, like, what, when do you bring up Othman? I mean, to me, it, it, you know, I get the whole let him cook thing. I, I really do. Um, although I'm getting a little tired of that being the automatic response as if that's like, look, none of us really know. I don't know. We, I, I mean, he could come up and be terrible and it could be a terrible experiment. And, 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 but I, I think, I think people are overestimating how much a negative effect it could have on his confidence to come up with 10 games and then get sent back down. These guys aren't that fragile where he's going to come up and not play that well. He'll just go back home with homework. That's it. It's it's fine. Um, I don't know that that would be the case. I don't I don't I don't necessarily think he's going to come up and light it up. I suspect that he already has a good enough offensive sense and a good enough shot that he can come in and be like a third line contributor. I really do. I think I do believe that he might not though. Um, but the thing is, no one really knows. So I do get a little annoyed when, when sometimes people are like, no, 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 absolutely not. I'm like, well, you don't know. Just like, I don't really know that it would work. You don't know that it's not going to work either. But I think the Rangers are in a position right now where it's worth finding out. Because look, regardless, even if Heedle and Kako come back and they're and they're healthy and they're good for a playoff run, by the time we get to the trade deadline, we're still going to be looking to pick up a winger. Anyway. Oh, here's the problem. With what cap space? I don't even know. Well, what have we what have we banked now? Because obviously I'm pretty sure they're like projected to get like one million. 
How is that possible? Because that's we had at the start of the season, but then we had Fox gone for a month, and then we had Heedle gone for all this time on long-term yeah. injuries. So doesn't that increase our cap at the end by having months? No, off if you have LTIR and you go over. Wait, I, I mean, I'm I'm looking at right but, when but, Fox's but, injury, but, Fox but, came but, back. Maybe something but, changed. But, but if they're on if they're on long-term injury reserve for that time, don't you? That that means our cap space is bigger for those days. So doesn't our cap accrual go up for the deadline at that point? I don't really know how that works. I'll be honest. One of the I biggest, don't think so. No. Okay. Okay. That is one of the biggest blind spots that I'll freely admit to is that I don't really understand all the variations. I'll, like, about... I'll learn it and then I'll understand it. But you ask me the next day, I'm not going to know anything about it. Like I was looking at it like then and then I'm like, next day I'm like, yeah, I totally forgot. Um, they're projected to have, well, it says, it says deadline cap space projected at five and a half million. However, that's not taking into account that that Hedl and Kako are gone. Yeah. Well, Kako, <laughs> so they're like negative right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. What <laughs> Holy crap! We're screwed. <laughs> yeah. If only we can... have a player that we could trade who's on our fourth line that's not worth three point six million, right? Yeah, that would be great. If and then we could keep Rods. We could keep the real Johnny Hockey on the fourth line. Like I, I agree with you. I I, I kind of. Uh, was a bit inaccurate there regarding him being a fourth liner. He, he it's a fair to say he's a third liner. I, I think, or at least he, or at least he could be. I think he has the offensive right. side. Right, like he has six points guy. in some games, though. I don't think that's a fair like. I don't think that's projection of an eighty-two no. game schedule, but but, but, like, but like Joe was saying tonight, he does he does have a good shot. He does have good offensive uh, awareness, and he's got a good overall offensive skill set too. And he's not a complete defensive liability either. So to me, I'm like, yeah, maybe he's a fourth liner, but he could be a third lineup. I, I don't right? see how they get anyone unless they trade Goodrow. And like if you were get the Rangers were gonna trade Goodrow, they would have done it during the summer. It was yeah. clear as day that they needed it and they didn't. So like I, I don't know what they do. Like I'm standing here saying like, you know, maybe they should like try to get like a cheap contract. I'm like, wait a minute, with what money? But maybe maybe there's a team that by the deadline they're well out of it. They're looking they have they have cap space. Uh, well, to... I'm saying from the Rangers' perspective, not see. I'm not even at the point where if another team would take Kutcher, I'm still I'm still at the point where the Rangers will want to trade him. Well, I mean, I think by his usage and what he's done this year, that they have to know that he's the easiest. But you'd have to, to think kill. that also last last summer. Yeah, but I think at last summer too, you could also say like I, I think at that point too, he was still um, well, he wasn't lighting it up. I mean, like I think Goodrow's been—he's worse this year than he was last year, right? We agree to that. Yeah. Okay, so I, I could see them going like, no, we still want a veteran guy on the on the you know the bottom. We have three there. years after this year at three point six million. And maybe there are just and maybe they just knew the market was was soft on it. But I'm saying, I, I but here's the thing: saying, he also I, has a, a modified no trade clause. So it odds are a lot of the yeah, teams but, but on his it, isn't it like a twelve team though. Yeah, but odds are a lot of the teams on his list are going to be the non-playoff teams. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it is 12, I think. I'll look at it now. So, so then even more than it it's makes even more sense than... Why do they give no trade clauses like cotton candy? It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, man. It really doesn't. It's so stupid. Especially when you're in a league with so little cap flexibility. Like if this was like... The NBA or Major League Baseball. Well, it was good news this week about the cap going up. I mean, we ex we expected it. It was expected to happen, but it's nice it to hear it. It didn't go up enough, though. 
five million. I know it should have been a lot more. I thought it's supposed to be five million this year, five million next year. Yeah, I know, but we're screwed. For and 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 I think the rule is no that they can't go over that five million unless both parties agree to something because the rule was they could only go a certain percentage up um, each year. Mm. Something like that. I don't know. I, I remember seeing that. I'm just looking. Yeah. What was their? I still wanted to go up more. But well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't we all, Brett? You know, and actually, don't, don't brings, we all? No, I, up, I wanted to say it as it is. That brings up another point. I saw, uh, you know, because obviously the Maple Leafs are, you know, facing down cap hell with having to resign Nylander, um, and they don't have the money for it. So somebody else is going to get Nylander. And and somebody on Instagram made a very good idea. Because it really sucks when you have a team that drafts well and you draft people that turn into superstars. And then the moment they actually become like there should be a rule regarding cap space and players you draft. Yeah. Players you draft, it should be like a half cap hit or something like that. That way you can actually keep the people that you drafted. Now, I understand why the league doesn't want the rich teams going out and just buying up all the superstars. I get that. But when you draft and you cultivate a player, you shouldn't have to lose them five years later just because you managed to do that successfully. Like, why should you be punished for your success? So you have this tiny little window to succeed and otherwise, you know, tough luck. I like, I feel bad. The honestly, teams that, that do do it right should be rewarded. They should. They should be rewarded. Like, why should a team? I mean, I, we're, we're New York Rangers fans, so all we do is try to get the big fish at the free agency or trade deadline. But yeah, I yeah, mean, but, a, know, a we, team. We would I, we would have we'd have Chesterkin and we would have Fox at reduced salaries. You know, well, no, like we didn't draft Fox. No, you're right. We didn't draft Fox. You're right. Um, you're right. It would only be Chesterkin, well, Lafreniere, who, by the way, is going to be a problem in two years. Although, no, the cap's going up, so I guess not. Yeah, um, we should we should have room for that. all of a sudden people. not doing well, starting to look really good. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like so considerate of him not to do well this season, just to do well in the playoffs, so he doesn't have to ask for a lot of money. That is very considerate of him. Yeah, it is. Very, very sweet, very sweet kid. I but also yeah. I don't I don't can, can we can I I don't know, maybe you have a better answer for this. So this jersey is not the stadium series jersey, but the holidays are coming up. Wouldn't you want to then have the third alternate nah. jerseys being sold in the beginning of the season no. and then the stadium series being no. sold during the holidays? No. Why would you want that? Wouldn't that, from marketing, from a marketing standpoint, make more sense? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's not like I'm in marketing. I mean, I'm not, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not in marketing. I'm, I'm just I'm saying not in marketing, from a so person who buys about. it, I would. <laughs> no, I, I, I am in marketing. That's, that was a joke. Oh, right. My you job, are. Yeah, no, my I job totally, I totally a marketing forgot. specialist. Yeah, that's, that, that is literally what I do. <laughs> so you, you uh, could tell me. Can you explain to me? Like, it, 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 does, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, it okay. makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's just like it made no sense when you have the Hughes brothers game. Uh, you know, you have all three brothers playing against each other and they have it paywalled behind a third tier cable package on the NHL network. That game should have been slotted for a national broadcast at the beginning of the season. This league doesn't know how to get out of its own way. The only thing that they've done recently that I was like, hey, good move was I like them putting the draft at the sphere because that sphere is really cool. And I think it's a cool place to have a draft. And, I, and it's a place that gets talked about I also about like well, the fact that they are doing, um, I mean, listen, the All-Star well, game is so... The all-star game is so like overrated, but like I remember the one fun thing that I loved was that draft in Columbus. Was it in Columbus? No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. It wasn't Columbus. It was the year though Nash got 42 goals with the Rangers, right? Okay. I think so at the all-star game. Okay. 
So they're, they're doing the all-star game draft again. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's a small thing, but I just like, I love how they're like, they had a good idea. And they're like, we finally had a good idea for the all-star game. What should we do? Now let's throw it out. Let's throw it out the next okay. year. Let's let's do that. It's like, I'm not saying that's not a big thing. It's not going to make or break the all-star game to make it all of a sudden fun again. But it was a nice, fun thing to see. Uh, it was also fun to see Kessel and Sagan getting traded at the end there, if you remember that. I, lo- uh, I, look, I look forward to our... Ovechkin uh, also was begging everyone not to draft him because the last person to get drafted was like, got to get a truck or a car or something like that. <laughs> so like like that type of personality stuff like okay you did it you finally came out with a good idea and a chill now nah, we're just gonna we're gonna throw it up by the wayside next year that's what we're gonna do well save it because you know we're we're gonna be coming up on our annual uh ideas for the all-star game slash how about the all-star game podcast is uh so i look i look forward to what that was our was it what was our thing last year i don't even remember but you know we we had a whole episode where it was basically just like Ideas for it and shitting on the All Star Game. <laughs> we probably uh, did more uh, pre pre, pre, pre and ideas. post pre and post. Yeah, yeah, that one's good. definitely gonna be fun. That was good. Um, anyway, yeah, very glad that we're off the Schneid now. Um, I, I think this team. I think Laviolette knows how to get through these people. We had two bad games, and he clearly. But what I don't get is also. I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting like a thousand times. Uh, but why is Shesterkin so deep in his net a lot? Like. Whenever he goes through his slump, you always see him more deeper than that. And then when he's on, like he's out. Yeah, I, well, I don't. It's, it's a confidence thing, I think, and I, it's why I'm not really that worried about Chesterkin. Is that like, it's like the scene in Miracle where, um, where Craig Patrick says about Jim Craig, he's like, I don't know, I heard he's not really been on his game lately. And Herb Brooks says back, like, Have you seen him when he is on his game? That's how I feel about about Chesterkin. It's like I'm not worried about it. If he was going into the playoffs, the playoffs started tomorrow, you know, and this and these were the last few games of the season, I'd be like, oh, I'm a little worried about Shostakovich going into this. I'm not. He's going to find his game uh, by then, and his playoff stats are out of control anyway. He's a competitor. He's going to find his confidence, and he's going to be fine. Uh, the the other thing, though, is the Mika, right? How we say every single yeah um, beginning, he's like off, and then like the second half, he's on. I am starting to get why people though are frustrated. While yes. He does do that, so you don't have to worry. It is starting to get a bit annoying that you are making not $8.5 million, and you should be doing a little bit more. Yes, I know when we hit, like, February time, you're going to get, like, 40 goals in, like, 10 games. I get that. It just is starting to get annoying, saying, like, you know – you still have half the regular season that he's but he's been picking it up lately. You've been doing well Yes, but I I guess it it is more noticeable when you have – more injuries and you don't have other players contributing. So, you know, it, the more the spotlight is on him, but he is the number one center, right? He is making 8.5 million. He is picking it up. It's just, it. I don't know. Maybe I don't think maybe it's fair to criticize when, you know, maybe him and credit just don't work good together. Give him other plays, which you can't now because of injuries, but I, I don't know. It is something that's starting to get a bit annoying. Yeah, I get that. I do. I get it. But, um, yeah, you got you got any concerns? Even though obviously this was one uh, hell of a statement win, but you yeah. got any concerns? No, no, I don't. Team played great. Um, so much more hustle out there. Team defense was a lot better. We limited their chances. That's a really good team, um, and, uh, and 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 we just stuck with them the whole game, and then ended up pumping in a bunch at the end to to really take over it. Uh, it was a, a great game, great comeback game. 
Um, and I've, I've really no notes, no complaints about that. And that, and that's why, you know, when we do have a bad game or bad two games, I'm like, dude, look at every team that's won the Stanley cup for the past 10, 15 years and go through their season. You're going to find games where they got boat raced by bad teams. Every single one of them have had stretches like that, where even for a whole week, they play terribly. It happens. It's a, it's a, it's a fluid dynamic game where the tiniest incremental changes in effort and execution are everything that half inch hitting the pipe or going in that extra six inches, you skate harder to get to that free puck, to jar it loose, to get to the net. All that stuff is cumulative. And when that happens over an 82 game season, even the best teams are going to have times where they look like shit and they look sloppy. The what separates the teams from that is the ones that come back, and don't stay in that for a long time. And the Rangers have been that this season. And that's why it's great to see just two bad games. And then we come out and we play one of the best teams in hockey right now, one of the hottest teams in hockey, and we just limit their chances and 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 win. It's why if you're down on this team, I, I, I don't know what you really want to see right now. We don't even have our full lineup. This isn't even our final form. And we are still one of the best teams in hockey. So, you know, enjoy the ride. It's going to be a good one. You know, Will Cooley has five goals on 36 shots and Bedard has 11 goals on 84 shots. So Cooley is projected with that 84 shots to tie Bedard in goals. So Cooley needs to shoot more. How Cooley needs on the to first shoot line. Put Cooley yeah. on the first well, there line. You there you go. Take Brodzinski off. There, there is your new third guy with Zabanishad and Kreider. There you yeah. go. Give it a shot. Who cares? Let's see what happens. Let's fuck around and find out. Is VC like the best acquisition of all time now? Well, obviously not. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just, but it's just oh, like, it's crazy. Okay. Okay. It's now crazy you're... though how he came on a PTO and now we're all you're... so worried. I mean, listen, I'll eat it. I was flat out wrong. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I was we just concerned that they were going to put him on the first line, which they did, by the way. Um, but man, like, uh, okay. Well, best need... PTO though. We need to end this podcast because that's you're, PTO. You're you're literally just going through your own tweets that you made tonight. That's so. PTO. No, no, no. I didn't do the PC one. Oh, wait, I did tweet the PC You did. Board. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. The last two things you said were tweets that I saw you did. Am I wrong now? Am no, I wrong? Yes, you are wrong. Obviously. Well, you, you, you just said before now. Artemi Panarin. Okay, but the best PTO. Sure, the best PTO. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I don't think there's like a, a log who, who for else, for PTO. Who, who, who else would it be? Did Anton Strong? Oh no, Anton Strong was on a PTO with New Jersey, then signed with us, right? Yeah, I think so. Like he didn't come to the Rangers. No, it was in November. He had to sign. Yeah, no, he was signed. I'm just trying to think of recent. I don't know if anyone could think of a PTO. I'm probably there's probably an obvious one. Uh, best PTO in uh, Rangers history. Because I'm finding a harder than Jimmy VC. Um, I, I the only thing I was concerned about was, I mean, honestly, like it, it they are concerns, but it's just like they had injuries, so it's like as you said, they're not even in their final form. No, and I'm just rambling at this point. Yeah, exactly. Let's. All right. Thank you to the listeners, and we will see you next time.